All right, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. How you doing, JP? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Enjoying the cold weather out here in Virginia. Ooh, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So um, just to kind of jump into it, um, can you tell me how you guys, how you got started in the uh, social media and YouTube? Uh, I started doing YouTube back in, when it started. I was just uh, uploading video game stuff like uh, Guitar Hero playthroughs and stuff and how to like uh, video game tutorials like Grand Theft Auto 4, believe it or not. Okay. That that's honestly how I how I got into it. I did a little bit of that, but not not too much because I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't very good either. <laughs> so as far as the creative side, when you started doing normal content, how how did that process come around? I was always looking for something that was kind of niche because on YouTube when you're just starting out, um you're probably trying to like discover a lot about what you can do or what you want to do. But in order to grow a channel, like you have to have some sort of focus because um, that way, you know, you can optimize people finding you. So I was really inspired by Epic Mealtime. I watched it with my friends all the time. So I, uh, I thought food would be a good element to kind of penetrate into the, the YouTube market. And, you know, I, I remember when I started watching your videos that, gosh, it's probably been maybe six or seven years back, maybe further than that. And it was just one of those things where they were so well done and so well edited that, you know, it looked like you guys have been doing it for a very long time, you know, and I know how hard it is to get into that and, you know, try to upload, you know, on a consistent basis. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, if you look at the ones in 2013, when, when that started, they were really bad. I mean, I think they're, they still have charm to them because there's, they're, I scripted everything. Um, but they're not, they're not nearly to the production level that they became, but that's just with, that was just with my desire to up the production. Like I could have just, was fine with what I did and just stayed like stagnant, but I always learned new techniques or skills and watched a lot of YouTube to kind of follow the trends and the style and also kind of shift gears and pivot when necessary to stay relevant with the YouTube culture. How did you know when it was time to shift? Was it just looking at the algorithm? You kind of run an idea into the ground and then you have to kind of, you know, you have to kind of learn when to like milk the idea as much as you can and then kind of pivot and do something um, still on brand, but like different and hope it works. So it's kind of a scary transition, but every pivot that, you know, I made during my, my journey was calculated, you know, I think travel was very necessary because it started from a homegrown in the kitchen to like really just getting out there and seeing the world and food and junk food. So, um, I thought that was, that's endless content. If you start traveling that's, you know, that's years and years of content. Yeah. And, and I remember the earliest videos that I saw where you were in the small kitchen and then moved up into the bigger and bigger kitchens and, you know, the bigger 
um, sets. And like you were saying, the production value went up. But I just, something about the content that you put out is what made me want to start trying things on YouTube. And I eventually landed on this. But, you know, I, I think that your success in that is, is very inspirational, especially to me, because I've learned a lot watching your content. That's great. I mean, that's exactly what you need to do. Everyone that wants to be a YouTuber, sometimes I ask them, I'm like, do you watch YouTube? And sometimes I hear no. And I'm like, well, how are you going to get good at YouTube if you don't even watch YouTube? Exactly. And my wife and I watch it all the time. Yeah. And it's, you know, you see some some content that you're just kind of like, the the concept's good, the the content's good, but the way it's laid out is could be better. Yeah, the execution. But, you know, like anything, you start off, you know, the first videos that we did were horrible because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's that's beautiful. Just going into it doesn't it doesn't matter. You just got to you just got to do it. Too many people are perfectionists. It's very odd to see people's thought process. A, a majority of people that want to do YouTube, they want to have the best mic and the best camera and the best set. And they forget the most important thing, and that's just do, finding out if they even like it. You spend all that time doing all that, and then they start making a video. And then I think they enjoy the, the process of making it, but they don't enjoy the actual process of doing it. Right, yeah. And I, I found that to be one of the best parts for me is we started off using, um, I think it was an iPhone 11. So we didn't have anything fancy. Um, mm-hmm, and yeah. You know, that's for me, it was just about learning how to edit because, uh, you know, I'm not technical at all. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the automotive industry. So this was a total right turn for me. And learning that process over the past two and a half, three years is, has been a learning curve. But it's a challenge that I love doing and approaching because it's different every time. And you never know what the result's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So once you guys started, once you started traveling, did you see the, the follower content start to start to climb when you guys started doing that? Um, no, I think, I think you hit a, you hit like a peak on YouTube or if you're lucky and you hit that peak, there's nothing that can really stop it. But then I think it kind of levels off. So I think uh, I was lucky to level off for years. And, you know, I found that watching certain um, YouTubers and their content, everybody has something they're trying to get into, whether it be food or, uh, you know, you have the the people that do the car shows and, you know, searching for cars they do all kinds of all kinds of stuff so on youtube there's something for everyone you just got to find that one thing there's not a lot of i mean you can you can do whatever you want you don't have to find something that no one's done did you find it that find it easy once you started getting into it and getting into the habit of things that you know being being different trying to stand out is the best way to grow your channel I I just did, I didn't really think about being different and standing out. I just thought about inflecting my, 
personality and you know I thought I had a good enough idea healthy junk food at the time I thought that was a good enough idea I knew that I could just cook food and eat it and I love fast food so I was like I'll just be making I'll just go through the whole list you know of of fast food and and that's a beautiful feeling because then you know like you have multiple video ideas stacked up right away you don't you don't have a burden of like oh what am I going to do next you just going through the list and I'm like, well, I think there's a demand for this. It, you know, it didn't even matter like how much it stood out, but I did, you know, as I was learning, I did joke, make jokes and, you know, I'm, you know, I, I had a huge comedy background. So I was like, well, might as well make it funny. So I, I, I feel like that can't hurt. And see, that's what caught me is not only the content, but the fact it was entertaining from beginning to end, you know, and, and for me, that's, that's what catches my eye. If it's, if it's entertaining and I can sit there and watch, you know, a a 10 to 15 minute video, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you've, you've stumbled on something. And that's what I try to incorporate is watching your stuff, uh, especially your new channel. Um, you know, trying to see things that you do and how you do them and, you know, try to take inspiration from that. Oh, okay. So you've seen some of the newer stuff I've done on my own? I have. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. We've actually subscribed, uh, I think, a week or two ago when I stumbled across it. But, yeah, oh, I mean, the content yeah. is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've been... It's a lot of work. Um, I'm kind of doing like passion projects, so I'm not able to like create as much. And like I said about ideas, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, So a lot of the ideas are just like, just happen because of life. Like my buddy needed a date and I'm like, hey, do you want me to just make a document documentary about you? Like document style? (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm just like, that oh, that could be a video. And then um, um, when those McNugget buddies came out, I genuinely wanted them all. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to film myself trying to get them all. I thought it'd be easy. And then when I found out how hard it was, I'm like, well, we can make, I can make this really dramatic for no reason whatsoever. Um, and I took a, a completely, like, erratic just dramatic, intense take on trying to get a Happy Meal toy. You know, how ridiculous that sounds. Yeah, but, but it was um, entertaining. <laughs> but the new, yeah, but with my new concept, it's just me. It's my life. It's going to be what I'm doing, where I'm going. And because I've had so many years of editing experience and just knowledge of pacing and thumbnails, just because I've done so many, that it did kind of give me like a little bit of a a competitive edge because even though I don't have a big following there, people will see it. And I know that if they see quality, they'll stay. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and then I stumbled across, um, excuse me, your, uh, Instagram and saw you were jumping into doing stand up comedy, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing that for a while. Actually. I just, it's not as I didn't start promoting it really until like a year ago. And, you know, I think some the stuff that you've done has been 
hilarious from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, no, I I absolutely love it. It's it's uh, I'm I'm gonna be traveling to Austin the first of the new year, Austin, Texas, and I'm gonna just be um, out and about in the comedy scene, networking, uh, booking shows, doing mics, um, just being submersed in the culture. But in the same token, I do want to be able to upload some videos of my journey um, and then to make the work not as labor intensive. I'm going to probably do a lot of like car podcasty um, life updates. Um, that way I can kind of share my story because like what I'm going through is absolutely insane and I'm um, I need to. um I guess I just have to run everything by uh, a legal team before I like sit, do or say anything. But my life's been insane. Like lately, it's just absolutely insane. I can't even. I can't even. It. It's. It, it would if I ever wrote a book. My goodness, like the ups and downs of my life have been absolutely, absolutely ridiculously crazy. Um, so it's, um, it's like right now it's like, it's not going to end. It's going to, this is going to be like a year of like, like pure pain and torture. And I'm just trying to get away. I think, I think having a different scene, different city state is going to be so therapeutic and refreshing. Yeah, and I I can see that from you know from an outside perspective, and and then you know also doing your comedies, I got to be a a outlet so to speak. Yeah, it's so fun. Anytime something ridiculous happens, I kind of incorporate it into my comedy. I keep things very vague, though. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, the internet knows me too well, but the the general public usually doesn't. And that's the that's the thing that, you know, I'm not – I don't have as big a following as you do, but I, I can only imagine what that's like to have something, you know, like you're going through happen and for everyone to have an opinion on it, which, you know, that's – I guess that's just the internet. Everybody's going to have an opinion regardless whether it's good or bad. Yeah, it's like part of the job. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like being a celebrity, you know, and that's just, that's just crazy to me that, you know, people are like that, but that's just the world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah, we live, I mean, like with social media, we live in a world where like practically anybody can have, can get, can garner an audience or a following if they're, if they're consistent enough with it. And then what comes with that are people's opinions. You know, you can think about it as friends and family, though. It can, it can just be as simple as friends and family. Something happens in your life, you're going to have friends and family doing the same thing the comments are doing. You're going to have good friends that know you. You're going to have acquaintances that don't really know you. You're going to have family that you've never even really met talking, running their mouth. But with the Internet, it's just the same thing, you know, just on a greater scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I've I've had a few you know, random people pop in, but it's, it's one of those things where I try not to not so much dwell on it, but I try not to read those, which is hard to do. 
Yeah, it's hard not to read them. Um, I would say I stopped reading maybe like five years in. I stopped reading. I read less. When we were in our heyday, though, we were getting like like 3,000 comments a video, and you can't read all that anyway. Um, <laughs> no. And I never read anything uh, other than YouTube. I don't read Facebook comments. I don't read Snapchat, Instagram. I don't read any of that. I would always just read just the YouTube stuff. Um, but when in our hate, oh, my gosh, I can't even – it's so crazy to think about. We, I, at one point, we would get a million views in less than a day. We would upload a video, and and we would have like fifty thousand views in the first thirty minutes, or something like that. Wow! And uh, I remember like turning my notifications on just to screen record the 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 thing, and these are just comments coming in. It was so cool. What what was that feeling like when you had that video that just took off and went viral and just had you know like, thousands like the, like the you hit the jackpot at the the casino? Julia was working. I busted the door into the restaurant and be like, "We did it!" And then I had my laptop open on Social Blade for the entire evening. I didn't fall asleep. I was just staring at the subscriber count. I was, see, I was I was like, that, "Oh my god, my life's gonna change forever now." Yeah, and I couldn't imagine what that's like just to all of a sudden just to be so well-known for, for one thing that you've put out. And then that's, you know, once you hit that, from what I'm you have told, to that's keep, just, Once you hit that, you just got to – you got you to gotta hammer it out like no other. You, you didn't make it. You just got gifted the opportunity to make it. So when that opportunity happens, you drop everything. Every person you know, every friend you have, every party – that you're supposed to go to, you drop it all and you start pumping out the best shit you could ever make because they're it's, there now. They're ready to watch the next one. Exactly. And, and, and I, I know consistency is, is a lot of it, but you know, I, I do find it sometimes difficult to stay consistent because you do get burnt out. Yeah, Absolutely. You just have to that's that's all within each individual's tolerance, capability, and workload. That you can only you can only measure yourself. Yeah, and and like, you know, I know on my end we, we try to upload at least once every week and of course over the past year I haven't done that, which is it has hurt the channel a lot. But I, I'm getting to the point where I try to, you know, do like you're saying, just be consistent and and roll through it and just keep going. Give your give yourself a time every week um, to upload, and usually that keeps you accountable. That's what kept me accountable. How hard is it for you to come up with content once you have a generalized idea of what you're looking to do? It just gets harder with time because the whole saying is you're running out of ideas is a – very true, real thing. So when you first start out, you should not be running out of ideas is all I have to say. When you first start out, when you first start out, you should have millions of ideas. Um, but after doing it for a long period of time, uh, running out of ideas is definitely can happen. So it's not that you run out of ideas, you run out of good ideas and there's a difference there. Yeah, and, exactly. And when you run out of good ideas, 
then people are like, you ran out of, they'll say, oh, you're clearly running out of ideas. No, you're just running out of good ideas. You, you, you never run out of ideas. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think the longer you're in it, and unless you pivot, come up with a new concept or a new segment, it's very easy to run out of a, it's very easy to run. And, you know, do you find, when you started, did you find it hard to know whether it would be good or not, or you just put it out there to see what it did and the traction that it got? I liked what I made, and I put it online, and then I liked every video I made. I might not like them now, like some of them, but I, when I made them, I liked them. And I think that's important, too, because, you know, when you're doing stuff like this, it is literally a full-time job. And, you know, it's one of those things you got to love what you do. Yeah, it's definitely more than a full, full-time full job. It's a lifestyle. And I tell people that want to get into YouTube, I'm like, it's like people that are in the NFL or people that are in, like, whatever profession that got them there. They got You got to eat, breathe, and sleep it. You can't just casually do it. If you want to be like really successful at anything, you you have to kind of go all in and get and, and go beyond what the norm's going to do. Because if you just do, uh, you know, the average amount of effort, you're going to yield the same result as everyone else giving that that effort. And those people might make maybe I don't know, may, might be able to pay their rent a month, or might be able to like, you know, pay the electric bill or whatever. But it's not going to be something where it'll be your full-time, your full-time hustle. Um, and I'm realizing more and more in today's day and age that what we did was incredible to be able to like quit a actual job and do that. Like people in the comedy scene, everyone's got a job. And if you don't have a job in the comedy scene, you're there's, there's a few things that could happen. A, you got money from somebody, like a trust fund. B, you're broke living in your car. Or uh, C, no, that's it. You got a job. You either got a job, you're broke, or you got someone's give, someone's somehow funding you. Exactly, yeah. And, and, you know, with it being a passion, especially, you know, with what you're doing with trying to do the YouTube thing and build that up and then, build your your repertoire for comedy you know it's it's got to be very taxing but i would like you said i would imagine you have days that you work on certain things yeah yeah i mean at this point i know that if i wanted to like do well in the comedy scene i need to just be posting short funny reels and that's it. Like, I don't even have to do these long format videos. I could just post these short, funny reels. Um, and then sprinkle in, I don't know, tour dates or people knowing that I actually do stand up comedy because the short format, I don't know if it's going to last forever. So we're dating this podcast. This is before 2024. But people grow on short format very quickly, and the you don't really grow. Unfortunately, you don't really grow 
a quality odd engaging audience on short format. Yeah, it's you, really you hard. probably. Hmm? Go ahead. Just saying it's really hard to, to grow a quality audience. And I'll give you an example. If you're scrolling through your For You page, you're not actually looking that person up. You're just scrolling through and then they show up. So you didn't choose that person. You may enjoy that person, but you didn't choose that person. And until that person starts showing up all the time, do you finally make a connection or a link going like, that's the dude, what's his name? Oh, Jimmy, he's great. And then like a week later, you could be like, dude, there's this really funny guy I watch on TikTok. What's his name? Oh, crap, I forget. You know, it's crazy. So crazy. It's just too much content. Yes. And, and I've learned that with Instagram, uh, TikTok, especially, you know, with those in YouTube, there's just so much out there. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as the, the comedy thing, um, do, are you just going to, you know, like comedy clubs or, and trying to book yourself there or? Uh, when I was in Orlando, I was, I just had a lot of networks so I could book shows pretty much anywhere and you know, get on, get on showcases or actually do real, real shows, book myself real shows. And a lot of it was due to just, again, networking is huge. And, um, if you don't, honestly, if you don't suck, you're going to get booked. They need, they want more comics. They want different people to, to come to their clubs and not be the same, same people. Um, yeah, and I can I can imagine that you know, but from from an outside perspective, it do you find it not only like a, a challenge, but do you find it difficult to try to be different than other people that are going on stage? No, not at all. I feel like everyone just has their own style. Um, for the most part, I think everyone's got their own style. I mean, we all get inspiration from other comedians, like you know, a lot of a very popular style people like is the Mitch Hedberg style. And I'll tell you why it's really, you don't have to act. And that is in my opinion, kind of a cop out. Um, Mitch Hedberg was a genius because his, his writing was so good and he could get away with looking at the ground with sunglasses on with long hair, like Kurt Cobain. But these other comics go up there, think they can do the same thing. And I'm just like, I'm like, no. And the reason is, is because A, their writing's not as good as his, and B, you know, a lot of humor comes from inflection and, and act out and in and, and physical humor. And if you're not using that part of your body, you're almost not doing yourself justice. So as far as you getting into comedy early on, who who did you look up to in the comedy scene? Um, like, like, fa like for famous comics... Uh, my favorites are, like, for different reasons, but Bill Burr, Louis C.K., and Jim Gaffigan. Those are three very dynamic, different artists. Uh, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, um, and um, Eliza Schlesinger is a really funny female comic. To give props to female comics, that's again, that's a very hard, hard uh, to do too. So female comics have it really hard. Because comedy is based off of so much. Like, for example, bodybuilder. It'd be really hard for a bodybuilder to be a comic. 
And it's, and it's just because of what we're used to seeing and what we find funny and what we can relate to. Right. Right. And, and I can, I can see that, you know, as far as it being a, a difficult thing to go from one thing to another, especially if people don't know that you're, you're a, you're funny and that you, you have a history in doing that kind of thing. Mm hmm. You know, and I, I find it very interesting, not not in a bad way, but in a good way that you were able to transition and show a different side of yourself as, you know, you were making the videos. And now, you know, like on your, your Instagram and stuff, you're starting to see stand up videos from you, uh, you know, doing nothing but funny bits, which is is crazy amazing to me. I mean, you know, it most people will see that and see that as a hard transition, but it looked like it was very, uh, not e super easy, but it looked like it was easy enough to, to make that transition since you were used to it. Yeah. I started doing stand up before, um, I started the food channel. And, you know, I, I think that your success is very inspirational to other people because, you see where you came from and to where you are now and, and granted with, you know, everything that's going on, but you know, you see that side of you and then people see that not only can you do really great videos, but you're also really funny. Yeah. I really did want the comment to be the first and foremost of every, you know, of every video. Yeah. And I, I found that amazing. So, you know, as far as what, what you have, coming up do you have any shows coming up no i wanted to get out of orlando so i stopped booking i i don't think the key to success in stand-up is is booking to be honest i think it's to grow the audience and and let and then upload your jokes to as reels whether you want to make them like a sketch that was part of your act because if you just go up on stage every week, it's, it's like bands you can play in all these different venues and you just keep going up and people will be like, you're great. And then they leave and then you do it again. You're great. And then they leave. And unfortunately, a lot of these musicians and artists and comics, they, they don't know how to market themselves. And first and foremost, that's the most important thing is to market yourself. Uh, and right now, social media is the way to go. And I think Dane Cook was one of the early adopters of social media, which made him kind of like such a superstar back in the day. So I have nothing booked. I have no plan. But I do know that I'm going to go there and I'm going to just be present with the community network, make friends, make sketches, get inspired, make more videos, make jokes, maybe even, even grow my, my material. But I definitely don't say like booking shows. It's that's not going to do it, but performing all the time is necessary. So it's like working out. Every comic will tell you, you got to put in your reps. So that's where performing is very, very, very important because it gives you the confidence, experience, and stage presence to look professional. 
and if you're rusty, you will go up on stage and look and look rusty. When you're in your prime, you go up there and nothing can touch you. But if you're rusty, you'll look rusty. It don't matter how good your stuff is. It don't matter how many times you said the jokes. If you're rusty, you'll look rusty. I've seen some of my favorite friends, comics that haven't done it in a bit, go up and and did they're just rusty. Yeah, and you know I think you're right when it comes down to it. You know, repetition's key, no matter what you do, if you want to be a success. And then marketing is a huge thing too. I, I agree with that 100. percent mm-hmm. do, do you find it that, or at least early on, you know, I know you're not doing it now, but when you started posting those things, did you find it easier for people to try to? Hey guys, my name is Jim. Remember um, people to remember you by posting them on social media. Things like that, because I've heard people say social media can be a double-edged sword. Oh, for what? As far as being able to grow your audience, whether it be YouTube or, you know, trying to do uh, more stand-up to get people to notice you. What's the double-edged sword, though? As far as people saying that uh, social media is really not the way to help grow your brand, and then you have people to say that, you know, social media will help grow your brand, especially since we're a social media uh, society. Everybody's on it just about. Well, I would think a double-edged sword would be if you were to do social media, there'd be like, there'd be something that could hurt you from doing it. And I personally only see the only way it could hurt you from doing social media is if you just aren't ready and you're trying to advertise yourself. But I think if you're if you're ready or you're, putting yourself out there at least. Um, I think so. anyone that says social media doesn't help grow your brand, I don't think that's a very wise thing to say unless they're just not good at it because social media is a gift that we've been given to grow your brand because that didn't exist back in the day. You had to do all sorts of other stuff to grow your brand back in the day. To buy advertising spots, commercials on public TV shows, billboards, you name it. So I think if you're not on social media, you're not taking advantage of a tool that society's offered for free. And see, that's the way I feel about it. I feel that social media is more of a asset than a hindrance in that if you're consistent no matter what you're posting, whether it be YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, if you're consistent, then your audience is going to grow and they're going to see, oh, well, you're, you're over here and you do other things here and you do things here. Mm. And, and people that, are on know, it. That's the, that's the main point of all this. If someone were to say, don't advertise on TV, they'd be stupid because that's what people watch TV. What do you mean don't advertise on TV? Where are you going to advertise? You know? I just think that it comes from a lot of ignorance, people that say that. I think that most people that say stuff like that are making a different point. And their point might be, oh, I hate social media. I'm not on social media. I will never be on social media. I don't even watch social media. Well, then that's just not your audience. It doesn't mean that there's billions of people that are still on it. It doesn't negate the fact that there's billions of people on it. And I hate to say it, if you're not on social media – statistically you are in a huge minority of people and there's nothing wrong with being in that group, but don't advise someone to join your minority group in order to grow a brand because their ideologies aren't mainstream. You can't grow 
I mean, you can grow no matter what, but it's just not good advice, in my opinion. If you if if, if someone's goal is to grow on social media or grow an art or grow a business or grow a brand, if they're doing it without social media, good on you if you make it. That is awesome. But you could make it a little easier, <laughs> you know, with the tool. Yeah, yeah exactly. So as far as um... – where people can find you on social media and then on your new YouTube channel, which we'll link everything below. But uh, where, where can they find you to see your content? Yeah, so I made it my name because my last name is kind of hard to spell. Um, but it's, I just figured, well, what the heck? So it's just JP Lambiace. And I usually tell people it's lamb like the animal, I-A-S-E. Um, if you did write JP laughs or JP comedy in search, sometimes I show up, but there's also a comedian named JP Sears that uh, is obviously that's my goal to be, to be more popular than this JP Sears person. So <laughs> at least my name shows up when I type in JP comedy, cause you will not see me pop up if I, if, if you write that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, JP, I appreciate you taking time out to, to talk with me. I don't want to keep you too much longer. No, absolutely. I, um, I love sharing whatever I've done. So any chance I get to be able to spread that I'm, I'm down to do it. Excellent. I definitely would love to have you back on again once you get established and start doing shows so we could start promoting that and, and talking about the experiences there. Absolutely. I would love to have a follow-up because it'd be interesting to see where I am from, from the time of this, from this podcast. So, Yes, sir. I will definitely keep in touch. All right. Well, thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you. I hope you have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.